The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody. Have you heard of Instacart? If you have not heard of Instacart, I don't know where you have been living because it saved my life. I don't have to go to the grocery store. I can get my stuff delivered to my house. And if you go to judgingmegan.com forward slash Instacart, you will get $35 off of your first order if you've never ordered before. So I would say get on there right now and skip your trip to the grocery store. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. Um, I know that I usually start the show out with a funny story or what I think is funny. Um, But I kind of today I'm starting the show out a little bit different. So I was back in D.C. for my Aunt Mary Jean's funeral. She was very sick for a very long time. Um. And sometimes you think, oh, this is, you know, like when somebody's suffering for so long, like this is a blessing. Um, You know, my aunt had a very difficult life. Uh, She was married really young and her husband brought home another woman and said, cook us dinner. And then he was abusive and they got divorced and, you know, she never remarried and my siblings and myself are really her, we were her only, we were kind of like her kids in a lot of ways. And, um, I went back to DC and I went to the funeral and I looked at her because I'm Catholic and a lot of times Catholic, like in the Catholic religion, they still have open caskets. And I just kind of look, it's such a sad thing to not to be too morbid, but just to see a body when they're gone. Um, But I looked at her and I really was at peace in a weird way because I could tell that her soul was gone. And um, the, the priest said the homily and he talked about my dad, who I've talked about a lot on this podcast, who was, my dad was just this incredible person. And I think that a lot of times, you know, when you lose a parent as a little girl or a little boy, you, you idolize your parent and you think like they're non-human and they're an angel and all this stuff. But my dad really was an incredible person. 
And Father John talked about how when my dad was very, very sick with leukemia and he was, he was dying, he was about 45, 46 years old, he got up and he did this speech. I don't know where they were, but it was in front of a large crowd of people. My dad was having a hard time walking and um, got up to the podium and he said something along the lines of, you know, in my life, I've been given so many gifts, like my my four beautiful children and my beautiful wife. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a good job and I have a roof over my head. And never once did I ask God, well, well, I, you gave me all these things. So why are you making me sick and ending my life so early? And the priest, Father John, said that it was just everybody in the room was so touched by it. And I really was thought a lot about this and how amazing of a person my dad was, that he really never questioned being sick. Um, and, you know, he was at peace when it was time for him to go. And I know that this is a long-winded story, but I, I just wanted to talk to my listeners about this because it kind of really put me in a place of, yeah, I'm sad my aunt is gone, but my dad and my aunt were the only siblings and they're together again. And my grandmother and my aunt were very best friends and they're together again. And my grandfather passed away when he was in his 60s. So their entire family is together again. And it really gives me peace and like, it, it gives me peace and like happiness to think that they were all reunited again. So I just kind of wanted to, I know I always try to tell some kind of funny story and start out the podcast that way, but I really just wanted to tell you guys that. Um, and I hope that if you're struggling with a sick relative or a sick parent or, you know, you're struggling in any way, I, I really believe that there's, there's a heaven and there's a better, there's, there's other stuff out there for us all. So like, let's try to do our best in this little thing called life. And I am going to start the show. Well, hello everybody. I have an amazing guest and um, a, a new friend to me, I'll say, Lori Veers on the podcast. Hi, Lori. Welcome. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Lori, um, we met on, and I feel like a, uh, in a, in a, in kind of a crazy way, I meet a lot of my guests on something called Clubhouse. And I haven't been as active as I used to be on there and I need to get back on there. But there's a lot of um, really interesting rooms that you can go into if you're not familiar with Clubhouse. And Lori and I met in this, uh, I think it was like a, a room for people that have gone through some kind of trauma or gr grieving, something like that. And you go into these rooms and they're super cool because there's always a moderate moderator. I, I moderate a room like once a week on um, on Mondays at noon Pacific, not to plug my room. But um, <laughs> I went into this room and like I've talked about so many times, you connect with people for different reasons in life. And Lori was was in this room and she shared her story. And I know how difficult it was for you because you were extremely emotional. And I was so mm -hmm. touched by you that I had to reach out to you and say like, Hey, I'm, I, I'm so proud of you for telling your story. I know how hard it was. And so I had to have you come on the podcast and I'm just so thankful that you're on here and you're willing to share your story to help others. So thank you. You're very welcome. Um, yeah, that was an interesting day. I didn't expect that I was going to be doing that, but I've never really shared my story publicly. And I just, that day I was listening and I'm, I thought, okay, now's the moment, just do it. So yeah, I was extremely emotional about it because it, the whole experience caught me off guard. So, But didn't you feel yeah. like too, it's kind of freeing in a lot of ways, like you did that or how did you feel? And we'll go into obviously what the story is, but how did you feel sharing like, 
because you're in a room with strangers. Like it's just a yeah. picture of you, right? And then the, <laughs> there's the moderator or a couple moderators on the stage. And then there's a bunch of people in the audience. So anybody can share your, their story and you're, you don't know who these people are, but it's, you know, there's so many horrible things about social media. I personally find that clubhouse is spe- specific rooms, not all, but those kinds yeah. of rooms are just, they're so great because it's just helping other people and being like, this is real. This is what happened to me. Right. How do you, how did you feel about that? And how do you feel about what I just said? Yeah, absolutely. And and that is why I shared because I felt like the other people that had shared in the room were being really supported and there was a lot of love in the room. And I, it, that was like one of the, like really early on me being on clubhouse and I was, yeah, I felt that this was actually a really great place. Um, you know, other than like other social medias where you, you're just so supportive. Right. So yeah, no, definitely felt the same way as you, which is why I decided to share. <laughs> well, I'm so I'm grateful. So, and I think my audience yeah. will be as well once they hear this story. So why don't we start out and talk about, well, let's talk about where you're from and talk about kind of your childhood and get into it. So why don't yeah. you tell me where you're from? Um, I was born and raised in, um, in Canada, just about an hour east of uh, Vancouver. And um, I was the youngest of six children. And um, so there, the range between my, myself and my oldest sister was 13 years. Um, and so um, and my parents, you know, they were together till the day they both passed. Um, I had a really, actually a really great childhood. There were a lot of love um, with my siblings. And um, yeah, I spent a lot of time with them throughout my years of of, um, through my childhood and into my adult years. So a family of six is a big family. I'm for, I, my mom was one of six and I'm one of, well, I lost a sibling, but one of five. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun, right? Growing up in yeah. a bigger family, you're kind of like a little, you're like a little troop, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, completely. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And I always wanted to have uh, lots of kids myself, so I could create the same thing for my kids. But I had um, two boys, and that was enough for me. So <laughs> that's where I, I know I'm, I can't imagine having more. I have two girls, and yeah. I can't imagine having more than two and going through that again. Um, yeah. So you you grew up good, happy childhood. Um, st- you've always stayed in Canada, I'm assuming, and I'm actually quite jealous of you because. I've always wanted, I've never been to Canada and every Canadian person I've ever met is nice. So, (laughs) and I really was planning on moving to Canada, um, after last year, but thankfully I'm hoping we're having a comeback in the States. Yeah. (laughs) Settle down for you. (laughs) Um, so tell me, um, so you had a happy childhood, six children, Mm -hmm. um, parents were happy, um, what did you go off to college? Like, tell me a little bit more about your life and like your career and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the things as through my childhood, that is, which is kind of, um, a big part of this story is that my oldest sister was very much about like, um, trying new things and doing different things and creating new ideas and very much into holistic health and spirituality and, and I was like her um, little test project, right? So, like, she'd get a new way to connect the brain, and she'd have me doing, um, you know, circles with my hands and all, you know, kinds of different things. She'd do muscle testing and, and that kind of stuff. So, as a young child, I was really opened up to um, sort of different possibilities of the way humans are and the way humans interact and just kind of, and even about, um, you know, past lives and what happens after we die. Like, she was really... Um, kind of brought me into this world of which none of my other siblings did. Um, and so it was quite interesting that I was the one of, of all of us that really took an interest in that. Um, and I think that that really comes into play as I go through my story and, and my thoughts and beliefs. But um, to answer your question, I, um, yeah, I went through high school in our, in our town. And, um, and then I went into Vancouver and went to university there. Um, and have a, a degree in human kinetics. And then, um, yeah, and I spent a lot of time traveling the world. 
So um, while I was in university, I took a year and a half off and um, traveled to Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, spent nine months on my own, and then um, and still continue to travel for work and for pleasure. Um, I, just, I just love it. So that's, yeah. I love, I'm, I'm always intrigued by people that um, can take the time out in their lives and and travel and do different things. I'm, I'm, I wish I'm just getting better at flying. I'm a horrible flyer. Oh, um, but I'm knock on wood getting better. And I feel like COVID kind of taught me like life's too short, get on an airplane, like when we were all trapped. So, yeah. um, I'm always kind of jealous of people that have been like, Oh, I gave up nine months of my life or whatever it is to go travel <laughs> the world and go to different places and learn about different cultures. I think it's so important. Oh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my boys are older now, so um, I have a lot of flexibility to do that. But I've also taken them to a lot of places, too. Like we've been to Italy and to Peru and, um, you know, Mexico and California, lots of that kind of stuff. But I've um, taken them on. We were in the one and I were in Peru uh, for a month. And also um, my other son, we were all in Italy for a month. So don't tell me that. Don't tell me about <laughs> Italy. I, my, we want my husband and I want to move there. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's so. let's kind of go into like the hard stuff. And I and I yeah. I try to like preface everything with um, I know this is difficult to kind of talk mm-hmm. about your story, the amount of loss that you in particular have dealt been dealt in your life is. You know, you sometimes wonder why some people are dealt these hands of cards and mm-hmm. other people aren't, and it doesn't really make sense, right? Um, but I did want to. I did want you to kind of go into. You brought up your sister, so mm-hmm. um, were you always close to your sister? The thirteen-year difference was that like that was a good thing. You know, she seemed like she taught you so many things in life. Yeah. So. Um- we, we did spend a lot of time together. I mean, she went, because there was 13 years, like she was um, off in university when I was still quite young, right? But she, you know, she went to UVic, and, which is on Vancouver Island in, in British Columbia, Canada. Um, and she, you know, would take me there for the weekends and, and you know, and different things. So, but she was married and um, had a baby when I was nine. So I became an aunt at nine years old. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, my sister yeah, and I so. are seven years apart, and I always am like, uh, like that we're like best friends, you know. So yeah. Um, it's yeah. cool to have an older sibling that's quite a bit older than you to kind of teach mm-hmm. you the ropes. So yeah. what ended up? I mean, I know that you went through so many things, um, but it seemed to me like you had a pretty good childhood, going into adulthood, and then you got married and had your two boys. When did you really start to experience loss? Um, well, I had, there was two parts of it. Um, so the first kind of loss, like I remember when I was a kid and, and people passing away and I remember saying to my, like not understanding why my mom was crying and so upset. Like I, I always had this perspective of, about death that was I didn't realize it at the time, but was just really much like, well, it's just the way it is. Like, what, why are you so upset? Right. So, um, and so my first um, experience of really losing somebody that I really cared about was um, in 1998 um, when my mother-in-law passed away and we were actually living, we had kind of um, added onto her house and we were living with her um, to help her as she aged because she was on her own. And, um, and I, and this is kind of where my oldest sister comes into play too, because she had taught me that like giving something blue, um, would help them cross over when they passed away. So I, I, it was interesting cause I, my mother-in-law, I, I found this little blue frog and it was just like a little stuffed animal thing, but I remember not sure if she was actually going to wake up or be conscious cause she was passing away from cancer. Um, and so I, I just kind of meditated and just sort of thought about it and like visualized giving it to her. Cause I wasn't sure if I could actually give it to her. And so, um, I did all this and then I went to the hospital with it and to give it to her and she was actually awake and she was quite coherent and, and, um, talking to me and stuff. And I said, 
oh, I said, I have something for you. And I said, it's just, just a little something, you know, and to, to brighten your day. And she looked at it and she said, Lori, you already gave this to me. And I said, oh, I said, what do you mean? She goes, no. She says, I remember you were talking to me and you told me that you were giving this to me. And, and I was like, oh my goodness, right? Like what, what just happened here? Cause I didn't, but I had meditated and tried to connect with her soul and just did this, you know? So, um, so that was like the first time I'm like, Hey, like there's something to this that, um, that, you know, that I'm not fully aware of yet. Right. So that was, um, kind of my first experience of having somebody leave me that I really, really cared about. And it just kind of, um, it made me think differently about dying and, and that, you know, that she was, she was going to be okay. So you, you are at that point, you, I know that you had spoken to your sister and like, really like, you know, the color blue, which can you explain why the color blue? I've never heard that. (laughs) Well, it was kind of funny because when I was thinking about this, I'm like, it's apparently a traveling color. Like it can help them cross over. Like just sort of, I mean, a lot of people talk about like colors of like light or like yellow of healing and that kind of thing. But I was just told that blue was a a traveling color and it would help her to cross into the other side easily. So, you know, I was like late twenties at that point. And, you know, I like, these were always things that interest me, but I really didn't know much about it. So, yeah. So you were like, it's interesting to me that you just, some people are like myself are terrified of death. Like been, I've had a lot of loss like you my throughout my whole life. And, um, and I've always been just terrified. Like, I'm like, what's going to, like, what's going to happen next? Who's going to go? Mm-hmm. Um, like I get scared that I, I'm just constantly afraid. And it's interesting mm-hmm. to me that some people are just like at peace with it. And they're like, this is part of life. Um, it sounds to me, are you one of those people that you just are like this, it is what it is. And this is part of life. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. that doesn't make it any easier cause we're human, yeah, right? Yeah. And we can get more into that, but yeah, I've come to, you know, through all the experiences of what I can share more with you. Yeah. I've come to, um, just, this is a, like, we're a soul mm-hmm. on this planet having a human experience. And when we leave being a human, we go back to being a soul. Well, it, and, I talk you know, about it in the beginning of the show. So it's interesting yeah. that you're on today. Um, yeah. just newly like, you know, um, my my older sister Michelle FaceTimed me. Um, I have a very difficult time with seeing people that are sick or dying. I think it brings back the memory of my dad because he was so sick, and I can remember that. And I was a little girl, um, mm-hmm. so I really didn't want to go in person to see my aunt. Selfishly, I feel mm-hmm. guilt about it now. But my sister, at the very end, the day before she passed, she she FaceTimed me and I felt like I said my goodbyes. I thanked her. She she was this, she was an amazing aunt. Um, and I said, you know, I love you. You need to leave. Like you, you need to go because she Mm -hmm. was, I mean, she really was suffering for, I would say two years. And, Mm um, and I, when you say that, I, I actually really believe that because when I saw Mm -hmm. her fit, like, it was like, she could understand, she couldn't move. I mean, she was like 80 pounds, but I saw Mm -hmm. that her face and maybe it's just me trying to think she could hear me, but I believe like, I think she did Mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. And she said, when we all had our goodbyes and then she passed the next day. So, um, but I did. I believe, like, when I actually saw her, I was like, the soul is gone. Her soul is gone. This mm-hmm. is just a show. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yes, that's exactly what I believe. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard to say and it's kind of awkward. But general, like, for me, like, I've had so many people pass away that I'm just really getting used to it. It's just becoming. And so, you know, it's everybody where they're at and whether they've experienced that or seen someone or, you know, it's, it's, it's all in context to, to their, them and their lives. Right. So did you, um, it's, and it's awful to say, I'm just so used to it. Right. 
Oh, a hundred percent. It's like, it's not fair to be used to it. I don't, I'm not, I've been through it too. And I'm like, I don't want to ever be used to this, but for some reason we, some people don't have a choice and you just have to, you know, go through it and it's part of life and you wonder why. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly why I'm here on this podcast because I've, I've shared since I shared my story, well, um, on clubhouse, I've shared it one other time with a group that I'm in, that I, um, I'm, I'm taking counseling training to be a counselor. So um, my class of like, there was probably 40 or 50 people on the, on the call. I shared it about two weeks ago with them. And, um, and I had so many people just like, tell me how great it was for them to hear it and to, that I just gave them hope. And I'm like, I don't understand. Honestly, I don't understand um, how my story helps people, but I know that I'm meant to do it. So that's why we're here. (laughs) That's why you're here. That's true. And you are, you are, you never know if like, you know, one listener is going through you, like there's a reason why you're telling it and that they're hearing it at the exact time when they're supposed to be hearing your story. So, um, okay. So, so that was, you kind of talk about what happened with your mother-in-law and that was your first Mm -hmm. like kind of brush with dealing with somebody passing. And then, then when was your next experience? Um, so my next experience was in, um, 2004 and that was my oldest sister who taught me all about spirituality and gave me all the holistic different ideas about life. Yeah. She was, she was sick. Um, and we knew she was sick, but we, you know, I didn't realize how sick she was. And, um, you know, basically she lived about four hours from me and the majority of my family. Um, and she, her husband gave us a call and just said like she passed. And, um, so it was, you know, like it was that really weird feeling of like, um, this is real, but this isn't real. Like, I can't believe this has happened. Like it, it just was this surreal feeling. Um, of like, well, we knew she was sick, but we didn't expect her to die. Like you just don't expect people to die. No, so that was, yeah, it's true. Um, it's true. Yeah. And so that was that first time I really experienced that of like what just happened kind of thing. Right. So, and with her, like it was, you know, you know, I would connect with her like spiritually, like meditating and just sitting with her and I could feel her presence around me after she passed. And like, you know, there was when we were all together for her, her the service that we had, you know, I like I was sleeping with my other sister um, um, the day before her service. Um, we were at a hotel anyways. And I could like I literally like woke up and I could feel like energy like beside my body, um, you know, and just these really crazy things happening. And like I would hear her speaking to me. Um, and so, you know, that was like the really, and I'm like, what am I hearing? Like, what is this? And it was, so I, you know, I, you know, from that, I just, you know, and she kind of like explained to me that she was, her soul was ready to go. And, um, you know, and she was, she was in a good place. Did you dream that? Or did you like, I mean, I talk a lot about, (laughs) I talk a lot about signs on this podcast um, mm-hmm. Was there some kind of no. specific sign or you just literally feel like you had a conversation and could see her or just hear her? I could hear her. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was more like she would come through like, like I would like just randomly, like I, you know, it was really random. Like I didn't do anything to bring it on. She would just say things and it was like really quick things. Um, and yeah, it, um, and it just, but the whole experience just let me kind of feel very peaceful about it. Like, okay, like now this is the second time something's happened where, you know, and I would like, I was doing things and this is more of a sign or it could be a coincidence. Right. But, you know, I remember that day we were getting ready to go to her service, my sisters and I, and um, I was drying my hair and the, the, the boat rider stopped, you know, and the light flickered or something, you know and I mean? That could happen in any hotel room, but I was kind of like, okay, like, yeah, I know you're here. Right. And so, you know, I was, and so then of course my sisters and I, we all started talking and I'm like, okay, did, you know, did you feel that last night in bed? Like when she was, you know, I said, I think she like her soul laid down between us. Right. Like it was this, so yeah, um, just little trickles of information and stuff from that experience. Um, but you know, really gave me a place of, of peace of, 
that, yeah, that it's just, she's not gone. Was she suffering for a long time when she was sick or was it like a, a, she was sick for a short time? It was on and off her health. Just, she didn't, um, like I said, she, she was just very holistic and had some ideas about things that she just, she, you know, she didn't really want to have conventional medicine. Yeah, she wanted to take her own path. Yeah. And that what was meant for her and stuff. So yeah. Um, yeah, she was on and off sick for a few years, which is why we always kind of thought, well, she'll bounce back and she'll be okay. Yeah. That time she wasn't. So. Yeah. I think sometimes, um, it's just like the human side of us doesn't want to believe that this is happening, that like we know, we might know that somebody's sick and somebody's dying, but you're still, I mean, I, I hate to bring up my dad again, but even at the end, um, I was a little kid and he was like, you know, I'm going to keep fighting. And you really kind of believe that because it's like, yeah. how can I imagine going through this planet and walking through this world without, you know, my dad or in your case, my sister, who I was so close to, who taught me so many things. And then mm-hmm. I, I wonder, too, if because you're so, you were both so spiritually connected Um, Mm -hmm. and she taught you so much if that's why you were lucky enough to be able to tap into that stuff. Cause I believe in that. Mm -hmm. I believe that that Mm -hmm. stuff's real. Um, I I know some people are like, Oh, that's so hokey and whatever. Um, but Mm -hmm. I will tell you this one time I was on an airplane. This was like maybe, maybe like four years ago. And I've, like I said, in the beginning, I'm, I'm a really bad I'm not a good flyer. I get really, really, really anxious and I have panic attacks and, um, and I just hate it. And I remember like looking out my window. I sound like I'm from that movie Bridesmaids and I'm like, there's a milkmaiden on the wing. No, that's not what this is. This was like, I looked out the window and I saw, I don't know if like, I didn't see, I kind of like saw my own reflection, but in my reflection out the plane window was my dad's face in my own face and he said he said I love you baby doll he used to call me baby doll and he said I miss you I'm so proud of you and I was like in my head I'm like I can't this is weird I'm like imagining this this is not true but it was like I like you I could hear his voice and I hadn't heard his voice in so long that mm-hmm. I know it was him. Like I'm convinced mm-hmm. it was him. Um, yeah. So I I believe like if we tap into those things, some some people really can have those experiences, or you know, it's just different for everybody, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, it. Um, I remember having conversation with one of my other sisters, um, and I would say to her, "I'm like, well, can't you just like it's?" And she's like, "Like I said, don't you just hear all of a sudden hear things?" And she's like. No, right? Like, because I didn't, I thought it was kind of almost like just something we could, that it was sort of normal, right? And I said, well, you know, like, and, and I said, it's, it's like, it's like, it's your thought, but it's not your thought. And, and she's like, no, that doesn't happen to me. Like, and I said, okay, like, I just, I honestly kind of thought that it was sort of something that was normal. No, I think but, that some um, people like can just tap into those things. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's the same as being like psychic. You know, or if you walk into a house and I believe like, I don't, I believe in past spirits, like being in houses and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, when you walk into a house and you're like, um, I'm not alone in this room. Like something is here with me and like the neck, the hairs on the back of your neck and, or you're in your bed and you're somewhere and you take the blankets and like, I feel like I can tap into those things, but I am like get away from me. I'm good. I don't want to see you or hear you right now. I just want to go away. I just want to go to sleep, you know? So you're probably like that. Well, and the, and the, um, the real life situation of that is when you go walk into a room, it's, it's energy, right? It's it's all energy. And when you walk into a room and you feel that the energy is just kind of weird, right? Mm -hmm. Like that somebody's having an argument or something just happened or, and we all feel that we've all had that experience. So it's, you know, it's kind of the same, but you're tapping into, uh, you know, an, an energy that you can't see of, of a human. Right. So. Well, I think that's a special gift that your mm-hmm. sister like helped you be able to 
like grow and kind of gifted yeah. you and taught you that. And now you're passing it on. So yeah. I think yeah. that's really amazing. So, so let's, so let's like, uh, I hate to say move on to the next, but I just mm-hmm. feel like your story is one of just like overcoming so much adversity and loss um, and how you've been able to deal with it. So it's important to kind of share all the different experiences. So, um, so the next one was more recent in 2015 Mm -hmm. and that was, um, my husband passed away from pancreatic cancer. Um, and we were actually, um, separated at the time. Um, and he was, um, and we didn't, he was a very, very private man and we didn't know that he was sick. Um, and, I had talked to my boys and I said, is something not right? And, you know, cause people had been asking me cause he looked a little thinner and anyways. So, um, so what, what with him is, um, the day that he went, was admitted into the hospital. Um, you know, I, his sisters told me that it didn't, you know, it didn't look good. And so I went there with my son and, you know, and we were spending time with them and it was kind of an all day of being at the hospital and leaving. And anyways, I, I spent the entire day there and then I left um, and I talked to his sisters and they said, you know, we're going to, one of us will be here with him for the night. And I said, okay. So then my brother called me and he's like, I want to go down and see Ron. And I said, he goes, will you come with me? And I said, okay, sure. So we went down there at like nine o'clock, eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. So my brother could see him. And my husband at this point was, um, he was unconscious, right? He was pretty medicated. Um, and so, um, and then when we went there, my brother, um, nobody was there. Like his sisters weren't there. And I'm like, where, why is nobody here with him? And so my brother and I visited. And then I just said to my brother, like, I'm just going to stay here for the night. And I said, somebody needs to be here with him. He can't be alone. So I um, pushed the couch up against, the, up against his bed in my room. And I held his, his right hand with my right hand. And I just was just sending him peace and love and just, you know, just because I knew he was extremely uncomfortable. Um, and just, you know, so these are all tools that I have learned over the years of just, you know, sending white light and energy. And, and so I just laid there and I held his hand um, and I kind of fell in and out of sleep. And it was about um, three in the morning where I just felt this like wave of energy, like come over me, like, um, you know, like, you know, when your heart's racing and it's just like, that's what this energy felt like. It was just like moving all the way through my body. And, um, and I like, and it woke me up and I was like, and I could, I could see and hear like my husband talking to me, like he's unconscious, but he is like talking through his, and he was showing me everything that he was experiencing, right? Cause he was getting close to crossing over. I like to say transitioning, mm-hmm. um, and, um, and, and it was just this beautiful, like, landscape and um, all those things you hear about heaven were what I was seeing, right? Like, How were you, he showed you, me, you were like, able to see that? He was showing you? That's amazing. Yeah, I, I somehow tapped into his energy or his, what, I could see what he was seeing. Oh, my God. And he was like, he was like buzzing around like a little kid going, wow, this is so beautiful. You didn't, why didn't you tell me it was like this? Like, and he could, you know, he's like, there's my mom, there's my dad. And it was this, he was just this like bundle, bundle, bundle of energy. Just like almost, I always kind of think about it like a, a little bee buzzing around. Um, and I, and it was just like the brightest colors of green and blue sky and white clouds and like flowers, like just the most vivid thing that I've ever seen. And I was just uh, seeing all this and I was wide awake. There was no question in my mind of that. Was it a dream? It was not a dream. So anyways, um, you know, I kind of basically like had a conversation with him telepathically. Like we, I wasn't talking, he was unconscious and, um, he was like, he could see his parents and he was telling me that I can see them and they're there. And I said, well, then you need to go to them. And, you know, he's like, you know, and so anyways, I just, I kind of helped him and just said like, you know, it's time for you to go. Like, and like I said, he, I knew that he wouldn't want to go with me there. So by this time of the morning, it was around 6.30 or something. And I, um, I just said, you know, it's time for you to leave. You can, you know, you're, you're okay to go and just blessed them. And, um, and then I, I left and I went down to see a, to, to see a friend, his friend. 
And I said, hey, just so you know, like Ron's, he's going to, he's passing. And I don't know if you've had a chance to see him or not, but, and he goes, well, will you go back to the hospital with me? And I said, yeah, sure, I'll go. So we went back there and it, and this was literally like half an hour, 40 minutes later. And when we got there, they're like, I said, well, that's weird. His door's closed because it was open, right? And anyways, they're like, oh, excuse me, you know? And so they said he had just passed away. And, the, and, and, that's they, what, and, and they, they didn't, and the, he, and you believe he didn't, because you were... How long was he sick? His pancreatic cancer is extreme, an extremely painful cancer to get sick with and die with. I didn't know that. Yeah. We, um, I think it was like maybe a month or so. He may have known earlier, but yeah. he didn't talk about it. Um, I, and, and you it guys was, were, yeah, you so. were still married. Yes, we you were, were still married. Yeah. We were just separated at the time. Okay. Yeah. And, um, but, but like, but like Lori, I, I, this is such a gift that you have been given in life to be able to experience those things. Some people never like can tap into something like that. Well, and I think that it was interesting too, because I don't believe in coincidences, right? So I believe that everything happens for a reason. So do I, I say it every podcast. Yeah, yeah, right? I really and, do. And he, you know, why was he alone that night? You know, like, why was nobody there? His sisters had been looking after him the whole time. Why did they decide that night they weren't going to be there, right? Like, it was an opportunity for me to be with him and to for me to experience that and for him to share that with me. Um, and, you know, it was such a gift for me to see that and um, experience that with him. And it just, it just, for, you know, on the relationship level, it just gave me a lot of peace and healing that, um, you know, for some of the things that never, that we never got to resolve on the relationship level, that it was, that was my gift to him. That's amazing. Um, and then, mm-hmm. and then yeah. how were, then, then you go into the stage of having to grieve. Did you, yeah. were you more at peace because you knew what he was going well, through and like, what was it like for your sons? Yeah, I mean that was my main priority was my boys, yeah. right? Of trying to just make sure they were okay and um, and helping them out. Um, and and so what I learned years and years ago um, was that within the first few days of somebody passing, because they haven't transitioned fully, that they're actually their energy and their spirit is still quite close, if you could say, to the earth. So. Um, you know, I was always told that if you were ever going to connect with somebody, it's like within the first few days, right? So. I like I he was with me um a lot over you know within the first few days and he still to this day I can connect with him he's just not as present right but but it was within the first few days of him being there um like he just really connected with me and and talked just you know to the point where I was like okay like you need to go right like <laughs> yeah let me ask you a question you know? So why mm-hmm. do you believe that some, like, I feel connected to, like, I don't feel connected to my dad except that one time on that airplane. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly mm-hmm. like, where are you? Like, come mm-hmm. talk to me. Um, you know, but I do believe that my best friend that passed away, Julie, I believe that she, I'm very connected to her. And like you said, when she, when she first passed um, mm-hmm. and I went to the funeral um, cause she passed very tragically, very suddenly. Um, yes. I, I came back to California and I remember I was driving my car and I, and I went to like, I felt like she was sitting in the passenger seat of my car and I just started mm-hmm. talking to her. I really yeah, did. I yeah. started talking to her. And then for me, it's different than you. She comes into my dreams a lot, whereas my dad mm-hmm. doesn't. And my, like I yeah. lost my baby sister, never. She, she's been mm-hmm. gone for, since I was a two. But mm-hmm. Julie, like, is constantly around me. And I believe I talk about it a lot that she, I see, when I see a butterfly, yeah. which I see all the time, that's my sign that she's with me. Um, Mm -hmm. but also she comes into my dream. So why do you think that some souls are with us? I know you're saying in the very beginning before they leave and some souls come back to see us. What, what are your thoughts on that? I think, um, I, I mean, I believe that every, every situation is different, right? Like sometimes they depends on what they got going on on the other side of like, um, you know, of the work that they're doing 
energetically or spiritually. Um, so I think that it's just, if they feel that they need, you need it's, it's random, you know, like that, that they, that you have comfort with having them there or, um, yeah, I think it's it's really just you know, and if you call it, don't call them and have them come in. Um, but it is somewhat random. Um, and your dad, I think, I feel that he he knows you're okay, right? And whereas your friend is kind of like still there as your friend. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. it's sorry, I'm getting emotional. I mm-hmm. think that um, I think when you say that, I'm pretty sure my dad's at like a giant cocktail party. And he's hamming it up. So he's too busy. Um, Yeah. So, okay. So I love, I love that story. Um, But there is more, uh, sadly. (laughs) I know. Um, So you dealt with that. I mean, it's almost like you become a witness. I mean, a witness. It's almost like you become an expert on on having to deal. That's why I think you're so in touch with this. It must be Mm -hmm. because you've had to deal with it so much. Yeah. So the the next one was um, a year and a half after my husband passed away was my mom. And my mom had been in the hospital, but she would just, they had checked her heart and they're like, oh, you're good. We just adjusted your medications. Everything was fine. And, um, and so she was at home and she had went out with, for the day um, with her friends. And then, um, she came home and had a nap. And at the same time she crossed paths with my dad, he was heading to the grocery store and she said, okay, I'm just going to lay down for a nap. And then I, um, and I live about two minutes away from them. And I get a phone call from the fire department. My brother's a firefighter and our numbers were numbers were on the fridge, right? Just in case of emergency. So he called me, I knew who he was and he's like, Hey, Lori, I can't get a hold of Brian. Are you around? And I said, um, I said, yeah. He says, your mom collapsed. Can you come come to the house? And I said, yeah. So I come right straight down. Well, um, my dad had gone to wake my mom up, and she was she had passed away. So when I got into the room, um, the um, the paramedics were in there, and the firefighters, and they were doing CPR on my mom. She they had moved her off the bed onto the floor, and they were doing CPR. And my dad was just standing over her, like completely distraught. Um, and so I pull my dad out of the room and I'm, and I, you know, and I'm talking to him and what, what happened and, you know, and anyways, I'm trying to calm him down and he's just in shock. And, um, and then my brother shows up and, you know, so he's there and then, um, you know, they're basically saying like, you know, we can continue to do CPR and we've injected her with something like we can take her or, you know, um, you know, we can let her pass. Like, you know, this is a decision for the family. Well, I, um, I, I said, you know, I'm, let me go in there. So my brother stayed with, you know, and I went into the room anyways. And all I can hear is like her saying, Lori, tell them to stop. Lori, tell them to stop. And I'm like, oh my God. Right. So, you know, it's like, she wasn't saying it. You were feeling that. Yeah. I would. Yeah. She was, she had passed. She was yeah. gone. And, but I'm hearing her, right. Telling, yeah. saying this to me and like clear as day, like, and she's getting upset, like, cause they're they're doing CPR on her. So anyways, I come back out into the kitchen and I'm like to my brother and my dad, I'm like, we have to make a decision. Like, you know, they, what are we going to do here? Right. And so, like I said, my brother's a paramedic. He went in there and he, you know, comes back out and I said, okay, we, we need to make a decision. Like she's, you know, she's gone. Like we need to, you know, so anyways, eventually we had to just tell them to stop. And, um, and so she, they stopped and they just left her on the floor in the room. (laughs) And, um, they all, you know, and so anyways, then, which is my brother, so traumatic, so traumatic. To have to well, admit. cause it's, it's your mom, it's, it's my mom and she's got her shirt all pulled off and, yeah. you know, cause they had to find the landmark on her, you know? So, yeah. Um, but I, you know, that was sort of the situation with her was that I could, she just, you know, she just kept telling me to like get them to stop. And so. Um, so yeah, that was my experience with my mom. And then, and then did you feel like the same kind of energy where, you know, it, it was, was different, different with, with your mom? It was different. Like, cause it was yeah, sudden. Every situ- yeah, it yeah. was, you know, it was different. Like I said, I could hear her. Um, and then when my brother, now at this point, one of my sisters is here, she's, um, so we had to pick her up and move her and put her onto the bed because other family was now coming. And if people wanted to go in there to see her and I, she was like, 
I could hear her, you know, she was not happy about the whole situation, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it was, that was pretty brief and pretty quick, all that, the, that happening. Um, and were then, you yeah. close to your mom? Yeah, I was very close to my mom because all the other siblings were moved out of the house pretty much by the time I was like 15, not even 15. So like, well, nine, I was an aunt when I was nine. So like before I was 10, like three of my sisters had moved out of the house. So it was, you know, my brother was working and my sister was at university. So I, it was just me and my mom quite a bit. And the pain of a parent, I mean, every kind of loss is different, but the pain of a parent is. It was, yeah, it was very surreal. It was because we didn't, but interestingly enough, and this is kind of like something that I think is important, is that she was in the hospital, um, and during that time, like all my nephews and nieces, like there's 20 of them, some odd, all of them either went to see her or phoned her or um, messaged her, right? Like they saw her. And my sister that lives um, in eastern Canada, she had came come out to see her, and she brought her two kids. So they had spent time together. She got to see all her grandkids. Um, and then she just, and my sister had gone into Vancouver for the day. And that was the day that my mom picked to, to pass away. You know, it was no yeah. um, coincidence that, you know, she was in that hospital and all the kids got to see her and talk to her. And my sister came out to see her with her kids. Like it, and she just went to sleep and, you know, and she, she went very, very peacefully. And I, I could only hope that for most people if they're going to pass is that it could be that peaceful. So then you dealt, so like, it's just like one thing after another and you're, you then have to deal with the grieving process of your mom, which is a different kind of grieving process than your sister or your Mm -hmm. husband. Then it's your parent. And then you had to deal with the next thing very shortly after. Yeah, it was a year and a half after. So um, my my one sister and I, who were like, she was probably one of the closest ones that I'm closest to. I'm actually close to all my sisters, but we, we lived in the same town. We spent a lot of time together. She was 10 years older than me. And um, her and I, we went to Guatemala together in the summer of 2019. So this is like a year and a bit after, I guess almost two years after my mom passed. Um, and we were in Guatemala and we had um, planned to do some hiking and stuff. And anyways, we went on an overnight hike with a um, tour group. And so the plan is, is that you hike up during the day and you, um, sleep on the mountain and then you, they give you dinner and you can actually see the volcano. Like, um, Guatemala has hundreds of volcanoes. They're beautiful. And so, um, you get up to the top, you can have, they make you dinner and then you just sleep and they wake you up at four o'clock in the morning you um, walk for another hour to get a little bit higher, and then you watch the sun rise over all the um, volcanoes in Guatemala. So that was what we were doing. And so we hike during the day, and when we get to the top, it's like 3 o'clock, and my my sister says, you know, she's like, oh, I feel kind of gross. And I said, well, have you drank lots of water? Like, did you, um, you know, are you hungry? And we had, like, lots of snacks and stuff. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've drank. I just feel kind of gross. And my sister used to get headaches, like, all the time. And she just, she's like, I got a bit of a headache. I just, and I said, okay. And she said, I'm just going to go lay down in the tent. So I said, okay. So she went and laid in the tent. And then um, they made dinner. And I said, you know, they, there's dinner there. Do you want to come? She goes, no. And I said, well, are you feeling better? Have you had something to eat? And she goes, yeah, I've been drinking water. I just took an Advil. I'm feeling, you know, my headache's fine. And I just, I just, I just don't feel like eating. I had a little few nuts or something she had eaten. And okay. So um, anyways, I said, well, are you like, okay? And she's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine. So we um, went to sleep and she woke me up about 1130 and said, um, are they, are they getting us up? And I said, no, I don't think it's time yet. And she goes, well, I think, I think I heard them calling us. And I said, I said, well, hang on, I'll check and see what time it is. And so I looked at my, my watch and I'm like, I said, no, it's only like 1130. And I said, so we got a few more hours of sleep and she's like, oh, okay. So I asked her, you know, we talked for probably like maybe half an hour, 20 minutes, like, you know, how are you feeling? Are you okay? Like, you know, blah, 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 just sort of, and, um, and then she fell right back to sleep. I could hear her, you know, just how the breathing changes when people fall back to sleep. And so I'm laying there cause we were in a tent together, right? Side by side. And, um, and then the, she falls back to sleep. I'm laying there. And then the next thing I heard 
was her take like three really loud breaths and exhale and like loud. And I was like, what the heck was that? And, um, her husband used to tease me. He was like, oh, good luck sleeping with her on your trip because she snores a lot. And I'm like, is that what, cause I hadn't heard her snore. We'd been sleeping together in Guatemala for, you know, and I'm like, is that what her snoring is? And then I'm like, something's wrong. And so I just kind of laid down like Wendy and I started to reach out and push her. And um, she didn't move. And um, so I flipped on my light and I looked at her and she was like blue um, and, and had, had passed away. So I, um, I, like I'm trained in first aid, so I start trying to get her vitals and, and um, I can't get anything. And like you, I, looking at her, she's blue, like she passed. So the, those breaths, like the, they're called egg roll, egg breast or something that's kind of the last thing people do and their body shuts down so um anyways um i was doing cpr on her the guides came and they tried to do cpr and then they just took her off the mountain and so we basically um there's actually like a logging road where people can a truck came up we met a truck and um, he brought the ambulance people with their first aid stuff because the, their ambulance couldn't make it up he was in a four by four and they basically put her in, like, just to get her over to the truck, because we had to probably, we ran, like, in the dark for, like, half an hour, it felt like. Um, and they put her in, like, a sleigh, like, like a, a toboggan type thing. Anyways, and they, um, and then they tried to, they kind of tried to get her vitals, and, you know, because they had oxygen there and stuff, and she had passed a long time prior. And she, and she um, had died, she had passed away of a heart attack? Yeah. So they took her body down to the base of the mountain. And um and then they based they, like the police were there and the coroner and everybody was there and then they took her body to the coroners um in Guatemala, Antigua and um and did an autopsy there. She had to so the family we wanted her to her body to be brought back to Canada. So they had to do the autopsy and embalming there before, before she could travel. I mean, Lori, so, the amount of loss <clears throat> and trauma, I mean, that story, like, I just don't, I mean, thank God that you are so spiritual and believe and, and have had the experiences that you have had in life because mm -hmm. never in my entire life have I ever met somebody that has been through just like loss after loss after loss after loss. And most people, especially after that last one, I don't think a lot of people could have gone, I mean, gone on or mm -hmm. found a way yeah. to like pick themselves up. How did mm -hmm. you do that? How did you, how did you do that? <laughs> well, I spent five days in Guatemala by myself and, um, and I just, um, my, my beliefs and that she was okay. And, um, every time I tried to, like, I started to get anxious or upset or you know, I would hear her telling me just to stay in the present moment, like just stay here right now. Like, and, um, and I had, I had actually taken I, the year prior, I spent 10 days out of a Pasana retreat, which is no books, no videos, no conversation, no eye contact, no computers, no reading material, no writing material for 10 days. So, you know, oh my God. at the time I was... How do you do that? <laughs> I can't even last one well, hour. I know. You, you meditate you for 10 hours it. a day for wow. 10 days. But at the time, I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I just want to try it and see if I can do it. Well, it, that process and being able to just calm myself saved my life in, in um, Guatemala a year later. So you don't know why things happen, but when I look back on it, it's like, oh, that's why I did that, or because I needed to, because I needed to be in Guatemala, keep my shit together, while I got my sister's body back home to Canada and just and get things done. Because you just have to do it. You don't have a choice. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I remember. Um, there's like I've, I've talked about it on a previous episode um, when I lost Julie. Um, we were in the hospital and they took her off of life support and it was her family. And I mean, her family is like my family. They're my second family and a bunch of friends. 
and you just are like, well, she's gone. So what do we do now? You just like leave the hospital and go on. And and like you have Mm -hmm. two choices. What are your choices? You either continue to go on and you figure Mm -hmm. out a way to like get through all of this grieving. But I I wonder how you're, you you haven't become like numb to all of this, Mm -hmm. this loss and pain and how you can put it into a place where you're like, I mean, it's such a gift that you're able to process and deal the way that you have been. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I think it was just all my experiences and uh, my beliefs that just, I just did what I needed to do. Um, and I did have her, I felt her presence with me. So that helped. Did she come back? Did she, did you hear like, cause you're so tapped into this stuff. Did you, was there something that you want to share? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, Basically, um, she had me, sounds weird, but I, she had me writing letters to her, her, all her kids, her husband, my sister, my siblings, um, and um, her coworker, who I don't even really, didn't even know at the time. Um, she was like, Laura, you have to write these letters for me. You have to write these letters. And so I'm just like writing letters to, and they were all different. And they were all like, when my nephews read them, they're like, this, this is so mom, right? Like this resonates with me. And they were different and they talked about different things. Like, cause she had different relationships with her three boys. They were all adults, like in their thirties or early, almost well, late thirties, early thirties. Um, and, uh, her husband and then my siblings. And, and then eventually I gave one to her coworker and, you know, and it's like, it's something I'd never done before. Like I'm now have to phone this person and say, Hey, like I got a letter for you from my sister, you know, that's passed away. And, but yeah, so that was a really, really cool thing with her was I probably wrote five to 10 letters. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, what a gift that you're, that you're able Mm -hmm. to tap into these things. Um, well, my, my next question is, as we kind of like, close I mean after I mean I know it's just been like this episode's been like and then this happened and then this happened and this (laughs) happened but it's really honestly a lesson in teaching people um everybody grieves in different ways um some Mm -hmm. people they have like one loss and they don't know how to process it and go on I mean it's just like this is like what is it they say this is your cross you have to bear in life Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. which sucks because it you're like, I don't want this cross. Give it to someone else, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what, what's, if somebody is listening to this episode, what is like a takeaway that you want to share? I know that you're, you're studying to, you know, be a therapist and kind of share your story with others. Mm-hmm. But if somebody's going through um, the loss of a parent or a sibling, or just what is something that you could give some piece of advice that you could tell that the person that might be listening right now. Well, that they're still here with you. They, um, they, they're watching you. They're there for you. You have the abilities to tap into them and to, and if you think that you're hearing them, then you probably are. Or if you think that that feather or that dime or that butterfly is a sign that they're with you, that is their way of showing you that they are here. Um, and yeah, I think that that is, you know, and just that belief has brought me a lot of comfort, but not only did it bring me comfort, it brought me experiences. Um, and um, yeah, it was, I mean, I, so six months after my sister Wendy passed away, then my dad passed away. Oh God. And, yeah. You told me that. Like, <laughs> it's so. like, how do you even go on? But what's in, you know, Lori, when I first met you a few months ago, um, yeah, that was like three months, two months ago, three months ago. And you shared this story and you couldn't even tell the story. Yeah. You were in such pain. <laughs> so you're yeah. in a different, you're in a different yeah. place now, but it's like, Oh, how did your dad pass? He passed of old age. Okay. Um, yeah. So it was less um, traumatic. We, you know, we did know that he was going to. We didn't expect it though, because he was actually right. really doing quite well. Um, and it was just in a matter of a couple of days. But 
do you believe that they're all together? Like all of those oh, members yeah. of yeah. your family? Yeah, they're all. Yeah. Do you yeah. believe that? Um, I, could say, I mean, it's interesting. I always, it's like this happened, this episode, like this happened for a reason because yeah, yeah, I just yeah. went through a loss and I talk about it in the beginning. And I do mm-hmm. believe all, all of the things that you're saying that they're, you know, I say this a lot. I'm like, God damn it. Like I need to behave and not like, I need to be the best person I can be because I need to get up there and be, see Julie again. I need Mm -hmm. to, I I just want to be a good person so I can see them. I mean, that's the thing on the planet earth. We're all just like going along. They're all at peace. Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't mean we don't miss them. No, no, exactly. And that's, well, and people have said that to me. It's like, well, at least you can still connect to your sister. And it's like, but they're not yeah, here. You don't see their not face. Here. It's not the same. Yeah. Like having coffee with her in the morning is not the same, you know? And yes, I am. I'm grateful that I can connect with her. Yeah. Um, no, I would really like her. And I, and I still, I'm a human, right? I mean, yes, I've had these experiences and yes, I have these beliefs, but I'm still a human on this planet living like we all are just trying to do the best that I can. And I, you know, there's days where, yeah, I just, I really, really miss her presence. Um, you know, because she was, you know, my go-to for visits and walks and holidays and, you know, so. Traveling yeah. buddy. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. uh, how, if, if my listeners, I hate to close this way. It's like, oh, I just spilled my guts. And now <laughs> like, I mean, this is one Good of everybody. my podcasts that I mm-hmm. wish was two hours, but, um, mm-hmm. It's a heavy one. It's an emotional one. But what I think about this podcast is it's a really special one because um, I think that people don't necessarily understand, like, maybe how to grieve or why loss happens or, you know, how painful it can be. And so I just I find you such a brave, inspiring person. And I'm just so grateful that you shared your story today with me. Mm-hmm. Um if, if my listeners want to follow you on Instagram or social media, where can they find you? Um, on Instagram, I have, it's collective.human.experience. So collective period, human period experience. And that's really the only place that I, I've been talking about this kind of stuff. Um, and, it, you know, I continue to add things and there will be more from me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love to connect with people through that. And, um, and if there's any way that I can help them or give them hope or, you know, like I, I, said, I, I want, I want, know. I want to read your book. I, I think you need to write a book. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's um, out there somewhere for you. I, yeah, I've had indication that I'm supposed to write a book. So I'm, <laughs> well, I'm re- and I'll, and I'll have you back on when that book is written. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll Um, I'm just so grateful to you and I'm inspired by you. And I know like anybody that, and by the way, I, I feel that all of your, your siblings, your mom and your dad, they're all like, and your, and your, um, husband, Mm. my husband's name, Ron too, by the way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, -hmm. that they're all like, wow. Like, look at you. They, they're probably they're all really proud of you and and just like a whole they're probably at a big group dinner up there right yeah yeah cheer me on <laughs> so um in closing thank you so much Lori. you're a brave and amazing person and in closing keep living keep praying and keep growing america we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.